Happy Sunday morning. All right. I just gave permission. All right. Again, happy Sunday morning to the Webster, I guess, New York Primary Purpose Group. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to be here today, sober of sound mind, wearing a tie and not getting indicted. That wasn't the case prior to Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Ryan Corvo. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. My sobriety date is June 10th of 2009. And for that day, I am eternally grateful. I attribute every single bit of that to God, the Fellowship and Alcoholics Anonymous, who led me to the God of my understanding, a home group, a sponsor, and lots and lots and lots and lots of work in the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. I've been blessed with the spiritual awakening as a result of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I would like to think that I continue to grow in effective and understandingness of that. My sponsor's name is Dave Chadwell. He freely asked me to give that name. He's a member of the Pleasant Valley Group, which is my home group. Whoop, whoop. Um, the Pleasant Valley Group in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. If you want to know where that is, Google the Mothman. The statue's right up the street, and we'll leave it at that. Um, I would love to tell you that's why I'm an alcoholic, but that's not the case. Um, when I say I sponsor, that's a huge responsibility to me. I know that's why I have full and meaningful sobriety today because of carrying this message. There's three men on the screen today that are just from the no matter what club. A couple of them I got to take through the work. Uh, Tom, um, who were you at? Tom, Roy, and my dear buddy, Eldon. See, that that's what the gifts of Alcoholics Anonymous gives. And I wanna thank my friend, Eugene. Um, he helped me navigate through the insanity of the COVID pandemic because he showed up every week and shared his experience and hope with us at my home group, which we still are on Zoom. And if anybody would like to have that information, I'd be more than happy to get it to you or you can get it from Eugene. I would like to thank my friend, Justin, who asked me to come here and speak. Um, I don't know if he's on the screen right now, but I've, I've been blessed to be able to talk to him and watch him grow in effective and understanding this as well. And, um, and I have a really good working knowledge of what the primary purpose group does. Other than the foundation meeting until I learned it today. Um, so we're going to travel through this. Uh, uh, I am a, a shoot from the hip kind of speaker. Uh, my wife and I get to ask to do things from time to time and we get to travel a little and uh, I can get really wound up. Today, I'll try to keep that restrained to the point that your group is asking me to do. Um, and, and with that, I'll, I'll definitely respect your group and the traditions of your group. And if I say anything at all today that's not reconciled with the book Alcoholics Anonymous, please take that and throw it out the window um, because you don't want my opinion. My opinion will get you drunk, uh, but you do want my experience with the book Alcoholics Anonymous um, because, you know, I, I've, I had a lot of things happen in my life. Um, and what I found was AA was the last uh, last thing I tried and the first thing that worked. So I got a sponsor. I got a home group. Uh, I'm involved in all parts of the program, and I think that covers why I am I'm still here 13 and a half years later, uh, a free man. So with all of my what hats out of the way, I prayed before this meeting today um, to have an open mind and a new experience. We say the set aside prayer and um, and just a real quick background. Um, well, I won't even go there because I think I'll get to that in your all's format. Um, but uh, I cannot say enough about the primary purpose group. Um, what I can tell you is I got my primary purpose group study guide out this morning, but I couldn't find the foundation stuff. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so another curveball. But, you know, that's why I have a big God. And uh, we're going to get cranking.
and we're going to get Ryan out of the way and hopefully God will take over. I may fumble through a few things and I may not be the most polished speaker that you have in this regards because I don't get the opportunity to do this every day like some of you do. I know that on this screen, whether there's not somebody that's got 24 hours or maybe you have 32 years, I can guarantee you on a screen with 30 people, there's somebody on here that's suffering today. There's somebody on here suffering in some area of your life, and I'm here to bring the good news to you. It's something that I got to hear when we was in Zoom from a newcomer, that if you don't stray from the basics, you never, go have, to, you never have to go back to the basics. You see, we have a basic text, and that's what we study here at this group and my home group and groups just like this all across the world that bring about sufficient power to, to recovery from alcoholism, to bring you to a recovered state of mind while I no longer have to dance with the beast. So that is my intro on Alcoholics Anonymous. Let's get cranking on your all's format. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> I may be a crier a little bit, but maybe I won't cry with this one. We never know, because I get a little emotional. And if I do shed a tear, I promise you it's no longer tears of pain, it's tears of absolute freedom. And if you haven't been able to cry in Alcoholics Anonymous, please stick around, get a sponsor, work the steps. You'll get free enough to know that those are tears of freedom, baby. All right. Well, that being said, all right. Um, the purpose of a welcome to the Webster Foundation meeting. <laughs> the, the purpose uh, of a foundation meeting uh, is to give you need to know information if you're new in Alcoholics Anonymous or if you've never experienced Alcoholics Anonymous of what our basic text and our basic program of Alcoholics Anonymous is. Um, we are here for, we are here to enable the newcomer in this foundation meeting to give you an adequate presentation of what Alcoholics Anonymous is, what the problem is, and what the solution is. Um, and part of this meeting is we, we're going to uncover some things uh, about what you hear in meetings. I like to get that out of the way. Because what you hear in meetings is not always in line with the AA program. So what you hear in meetings sometimes, and when I was new, I come in, I would hear 90 meetings in 90 days. And I would hear, you know, just uh, it works if you work it and all these other little things. And just if your butt falls off, put it in a wheelbarrow and bring it to a meeting. And, and all that stuff sounds really, really good and really cool. Um, but it was not sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism to me. Uh, I'm a real alcoholic as defined in, that, in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, and who I'm talking to today is to the real alcoholic, and we'll get into what that is here shortly. Um, I, I was the guy that was told you had to make trigger lists, and I want to spend just a minute on this because we hear all kinds of stuff in Alcoholics Anonymous that isn't Alcoholics Anonymous, and anytime we parakeet that, meaning we hear it two or three times in some meeting somewhere, and then regurgitate it in a meeting like this, it takes away from the clear-cut clear-cut, precise directions of the book Alcoholics Anonymous, and it waters down the message of Alcoholics Anonymous, therefore making us less, less and less effective. Um, I want to let everybody know if you're suffering from triggers, um, it's called untreated alcoholism, and if you're using that word triggers, I want to let you know he's a horse, he's stuffed in the museum, and I think it was Roy Rogers that wrote him. Um, that's what triggers are. So let's get that out of the way, and let's quit using that terminology and uh, instead of instead of coming at somebody that's using it, maybe we can just talk to them and, and get that out of the way. OK, that's me off my high horse. All right. Um, um, the purpose uh, is, is uh, let's see here where are we at. The AA program is a singleness of purpose. Is this is guys, is this an open meeting? I, I, I missed that. Is it up or down? Yes. OK, this is an open meeting, which means everybody is welcome to attend. 
<laughs> which that what that means is um, anybody's welcome, family, whatever, whoever wants to be or all those who wish to know about the disease of alcoholism. However, we are speaking to alcoholics today. If you if you have afflictions other than alcoholism, um, that's great. I'm glad you're here. When I use the word alcohol, substitute it for whatever your thing is. And then we will help you find the fellowship of your choice, the fellowship that matches the disease that you're afflicted with. And there's all kinds of them and many, many, many of them use the book Alcoholics Anonymous and just do that substitute that I'm talking about. So we are here for one single purpose. Um, I use I use sober Alcoholics Anonymous terminology. I don't use the words clean time, clean time. I am clean. I just took a shower. I am sober today. So we don't use those things and we help you find out what your affliction is and we get you to where you need to be. But you're welcome to come here each and every week because this is an open meeting. And please, if you are, take this. What you find here, please come here. Take the information you find here. Bring it back to your respective fellowship and just rock on and, and, and kick butt and take names and help whoever you can help. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, anonymity. Anonymity is very, very important. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. Anonymity is, you can say you were here, don't say anybody else was here. Um, anonymity uh, is very, very vitally important. It may not be important to you. We are Alcoholics Anonymous. So um, it may not be important to you, and it wasn't to me when I first came in, but today I have a job and a career path that could be detrimental if some people would do it, because back of the deeds of alcoholism, like you may not know, is a world of misunderstanding and ignorance. Um, I will disclose my anonymity to anybody at any time if it serves good and useful purpose, but you respect each other's anonymity. It's personal to you, level of press, radio, and films. If you got any questions, stick around. We'll talk about that after the meeting. Um, what do we do? Uh, I'm going to briefly explain what we do and how we study the book at the primary purpose group. Uh, this is what threw me for a curveball this morning, guys. I want to be open and transparent. I am I am a, uh, a share from experience kind of guy. Um, I'm ex I share experientially. That's how my home group is set up, and that's how I speak, and that's how I do AA talks. So coming here, and, and it's so cool because I come back, and what, we're not here to really share our experience with this. We're here to share you uh, the, the intent of the language of the book Alcoholics Anonymous, the first 100, the, the, the founders of this program, and the intent as the book was written. And I may stray from that just a little bit and throw some of my experience in, and I, I apologize if that may offend somebody, and it'll just be because I'm so used to doing it. And honestly, to be transparent, it kind of threw me in fear when I seen that. And I said a prayer to my God to remove that fear like my sponsor has taught me. Um, and I forgot, you know, because that's my ego. And that's a, so my ego will be in check through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm, and I know when I've logged on here and seen your all's faces, an overwhelming peace came over me because I know I'm sitting in a room full of, 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 of people that truly want to be sober, but truly want to live this deal and are truly living this deal. And just like my friend Eugene that just celebrated his benchmarks of sobriety, someday, just maybe someday, by God's grace, I'll have just an inch of what he has. And, um, and that's why I keep coming back here, because I want to have that. Okay, um, we're here to get clarity on the book and follow its instructions. Uh, oh, share. Uh, we're sharing them based on what the founders were saying, not our experience. We're going to get clarity on the book. We're going to follow its instructions and carry its message. Um, and that's what we're here for today. So we're going to get cranking, and I, I don't I don't have any kind of cheaters on, so you got to bear with me. Um, let's turn over, if you have your book, let's turn over to page 30. Uh, let me see. I think that's where we're at. We learned. Before we commit we're an alcoholic, I need to know what it is. 
We learned that we had to, uh, middle paragraph, we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we're like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. Um, and that's huge, smashed. So that means that I have to fully concede to my innermost self that I'm an alcoholic. So that's taking that thousand mile journey from my head to my heart. It's not an academic exercise. It is a spiritual, complete surrender to my head, to my heart of what an alcoholic is. Um, back of that is there's a, there's a whole lot of misunderstanding about what alcoholism is and what alcoholism isn't. And I guess that's kind of what I'm here for today to go through a little bit of those pieces and what this foundation meeting is all about. Um, so to understand what it is and what it is not. So there's a couple of things that you'll hear and you'll hear all these things. I, I drink all the time or I drink more than anyone else. You know, um, does that make me an alcoholic? No, not necessarily. Um, I'm weak willed and I, and I have an addictive personality. I can be addictive. I can eat a lot of chocolate and be really, really big and all that. But that doesn't make me an alcoholic. Um, I can. Uh, am I, I'm homeless. I've been to jail. I've lost everything. I've wrecked all kinds of cars. I've had my children taken from me. I've I've done all of these horrible things in my past due to things that I thought is that does that make me an alcoholic? No, that is not what makes me an alcoholic. Um, uh, it, what makes me an alcoholic is 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 well, what makes me an alcoholic? We're going to get into. So back of them is some is some. I'm trying to follow it. I'm trying to follow it. I'll I'll, I'll sling. <laughs> so so. Uh, um, so it's the lack of control and a physical allergy. So the lack of control. Um, look at the bottom of page 30. We are like men who have lost their legs. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. I think I'm in the right spot. Uh, we're going to roll with it. We are alcoholics are men and women who lost their ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever covers control, squiggly lines. When you see squiggly lines, pay very close attention to that. The founders paid lots of money to uptype it, and they didn't have a lot of money. So when you see squiggly lines, you really, really pay attention to what that's saying. No alcoholic ever, ever covers control, recovers control. That's my experience, and I bet if you're on the screen, that's your experience. All of us felt at times that we were gaining control, but sometimes, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We are convinced to a man, that was my sponsor, that alcoholics of our types are in the grips of a progressive illness. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. Back in the day when they wrote this book, they called it an illness. Today, we call it a disease. At the time, it was an illness. So it was an illness. It's a progressive illness, fatal in nature. It gets worse and never better. That's what alcoholism is. It's just, it's just, uh, so why is it that, that I never can gain control? Why is it that I swear to God in that mirror that I will not do this today? I will not do this today. And two hours later, do it again. Why is it that when I know I have this huge important engagement to get my kids back in court, that a lawyer just tells, you know, tell someone that, that you, if you just don't drink, and stay home, it'll do this, and then you'll be okay. But why is it that, that that alcoholic goes back out and takes that drink? Because he is powerless. I, the, a, a real alcoholic cannot make the decision that he's going to stop drinking, follow through with it with any certainty. 
And we'll get into that more in here in a minute. So let's just crank on over to the doctor's opinion found on Roman numeral 28 or XXVIII. I love throwing that in because some people don't like Roman numerals. And uh, I just like to throw them out there because that's how I talk to new guys because most new guys that I work with don't even understand what a Roman numeral is sometimes. So XXVII, let's get over there. Uh, okay. <clears throat> We believe, top of the page, we believe and so suggested a few years ago that the actions of these alcoholics uh, on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy. That the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average or temperate drinker. These alcoholic types can never use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, they lose their self-confidence, their reliance on human things, their problems pile up and become, become astonishingly difficult to solve. So it's an allergy to alcohol. See, Dr. Silkworth was a well-known physician that was uh, at the time that really knew what alcoholism was. He was only one of the only leading physicians at the time when this book was written that had a clue what was going on with alcoholics. They used to take us and give us belladonna, give us lobotomies, and run us through wet and dry vacs, everything else. Uh, but Dr. Silkworth understood what the disease of alcoholism is. And he got with our founder, Bill Wilson, and his paramount and I say paramount in the program that we have today. I will tell you, Dr. Silkworth is so paramount. I want to give you a little other A knowledge. At the, when he first put it in the first edition, he signed his name to the doctor's opinion, dot, 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 because he still did not believe too much of what we were saying if it was going to work, and he didn't want to go down with the ship. But then he came back later and signed it. Um, so with that being said, Dr. Silkworth laid out this, this condition about the allergy and the phenomenon of craving to build, and that made so much sense and describe why we are in that plight of the complete lack of power, always going back, right? So what is the allergy? How does this, what, what does an allergy mean? Well, um, the allergy to alcohol is just this. Uh, I'm all over the place. So let me, uh, let me just slow down just a little bit. Um, so it never occurs in the average or temperate drinker. So you see people out drinking one or two beers, old beers and putting it down or whatever but they're different. We're like the 10% of the world or whatever that are afflicted with the disease of alcoholism. Okay. So what does that allergy do? So I, uh, we, we get, uh, let me see where we're at. I'm going to, I think I'm just going to roll with this, but the physical allergy is just this. What, what does that look like? We'll just slow down. What does that look like? It means I take a drink, right? I take a drink and it evokes something into my body. That's called the phenomenon of craving which demands that I take that the, I, I take the second drink and then the third drink and then the fourth drink and the drink takes the man. You see, I like to use my wife as an example. She has an allergy to and, and her uh, 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 to, to poison ivy and she gets to sit in the backyard and she does gardening and everything. Um, and I tell her not to go to the, the certain trees and she goes out there and digs and she'll come in two days later, have a rat and, and it manifests as a rash. And, and, um, and, and, but what I can tell you is, she's not out the next day trying to look in the backyard to roll around in more poison ivy. Um, she's just not. That's what differentiates us from the normal average or temperate drinker. Um, the phenomenon of craving is limited to us and never occurs in that average or temperate drinker. My father that has 85 years old, that's had a six pack of beer in his refrigerator for three months and there's like two missing, never occurs in him. You see, but for us, um, it happens with us. So um, the only effort, the only relief that we have to suggest 
is found on page 30, if I can find it, is entire abstinence, XXX. Let's look at the bottom of that page. I'll read this paragraph really quick. I'm going to pay close attention to the time. I want to read this entire paragraph, please. All of these have, have many others have, but one sentiment in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving I was just speaking, speaking of. The, this phenomenon, as we have suggested, is the manifestation of an allergy. And like I just said, it differentiates these people and sets us apart as a distinct entity, meaning all on our own from the average poor person. It's, it's never been by any treatment by which we, could, we are familiar permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. So that sounds horrible to a guy like me. Um, that sounds awful. And it sounded awful when I came here. It sounded awful when these guys would say, hey, just don't drink and you'll be okay. Just don't drink no matter what. And I would go home and try to just not drink. Oh, it's called purgatory, hell on earth, excuse my language. You see, I cannot be entirely abstinent. If I could, I would not be with you fine people on Sunday morning. And I got a big inkling that nobody else on this screen would be either. Okay, with that being said, so that means we are just completely done. We're, we're, it's over. It's over as we now know it. So um, it really, really sucked to me, and I know it has to all the guys that I sponsored to find out that I could never drink again, because what I know is drinking was my solution, and I'm going to get into why that was my solution here in just a minute. Um, let's go to, uh, uh, let's, let's jump over to page 22, I believe, 22, 22, clear at the bottom of the page. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, and remember, guys, in the doctor's opinions for all you andas on here that aren't that aren't purebred drunks like us, any form at all, any alcoholic, whatever into his system, something happens, both in the bodily and mentally mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholics will abundantly confirm this. You know. If you're new on a screen, think of your own experience. If you're old on a screen, think of your own experience. The book Alcoholics Anonymous and the founders of this book has written this book so I can match my experience with theirs because if you're a real alcoholic, I promise you, you will find you in this book. 110%, no questions asked. Okay, um, so so I have the, so if the main problem is 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 that, and I have no choice, Let's look at page 24, 24, page 24, I got to find it, at the top of the page, and I think I'm going to read all the way through this, I am, good deal, and I, I'm going to deviate here from the format real quick, but I'm going to read this, at a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, he passes into a state where they're the most powerful desire to stop. The most powerful desire. I swear to God, I'll never do this again. Bill Wilson signed his Bible in blood. I'll never do this again, our founder. The powerful desire to stop drinking is absolutely of no avail. That This tragic situation has already arrived in practically every case long before it's ever expected. So the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice and drink. 
I have no power to choose whether or not I'm going to drink again. I have no power to get up and say, I'm not going to drink today. I lost that over 14, 20 years ago, actually 30 years ago. <laughs> but Okay, I've lost the power of choice and drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. Willpower is of no use. It is no avail. We are unable at certain times, and that's really cool, the certain times, because I get enough heat underneath me, and I get something really, really tragic, and I'm facing some really, really heavy stuff, and I can pull it off for a minute. I can try to stop or moderate. I can really squeeze it in, and I can really put my good clothes on and shave and act like I'm doing something right. And if you're new on here, you know what I mean, but can you do it? Five out of five times. Can you walk into that bar with your friends and just not want to drink and 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 just and, and, and pull it? You might pull it off one, two or three times. Can you do it the fifth time? No, because at a certain time, this is going to kick in. You can't bring into the con because you can't bring into the consciousness with sufficient force and memory and the suffering of even a week of humiliation of a week or a month ago because we were without defense against the first drink. I always thought it was the thousands of other drinks that came past this, and it's the first drink. So again, the, the disdain of people saying, well, just don't drink and you'll be okay. I, everybody has said that to everybody on this screen. It's the first drink that sets in that allergy, that kicks in that phenomenon of craving and gets coupled with a mental obsession. We drink until we can't drink no more. We run out, we get locked up, we're stopped. That's it. It's really, really cool because what I'd usually do with somebody is I slide my, and, and that means you're hopeless and you're screwed if you're on the screen. But what I love to do is take my fingers on these beautiful high dollar squiggly lines, and I'm jumping out on this one, and just slide it across the page over to page 25. And for all you sponsors, look at that. Take your finger on that top line and slide it over. Look at those other squiggly lines. There is a solution. And by golly, that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Because if you're on this screen today and you're suffering, you no longer have to. You never longer have to live that way again. There's a way out of which we can absolutely agree that we can do something about this powerlessness over the first drink. So let's just get moving. I'll get off on a rabbit hole and don't let me do it, guys. Wave at me if I start getting out in the broccoli. Just wave. Um, so it's the, it's the mental obsession. Uh, 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 let's look at the mental obsession on page 30. And on page 30 is is the idea, let's see here. <sighs> Where are we at? Right in the middle of the first paragraph, the idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy, oh, listen to that, controlling and enjoying. Control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. Bill Wilson uses the words obsession, illusion, and down below it, it'll use the word delusion. And I'm going to tell you guys, write that in your book. Every single one of them equal the words insanity. He's a great master of words and he changes it around, but they all equal the insanity. We have, we, we have this illusion that somehow, someday, we are going to enjoy and control our drinking, but it does not happen. Legions of alcoholics that died before us and everybody on the screen are abundantly confirming what that just says. We never get that back. We cannot control and enjoy. And the good news, if you're sitting on the screen today and you can control and enjoy your drink and just go ahead and log off now, you don't need to be here. Because this is about the real alcoholic, the one that can't do that. 
And I've got a good feeling there's people on the screen that, that understand what I'm saying. Um, uh, the only, uh, let's see here. Okay. Um, uh, the insanity, whatever the precise definition is, is, and, uh, everything you got, every trigger list you have, every slogan you have, every self-help book you have will not couple this. It will not allow you to regain control of this. If you are a real alcoholic, at least that is my experience in the founders of this book's experience. That's why we have this book and Dr. William Silkworth has written this great thing. So let's just go over here and see why we keep going back to that drink. Let's just turn on and back over to page 28 in the doctor's opinion. 28, 28, 28, 28. And my favorite spot, every person that's a sponsor has this book paged, highlighted, tabbed, wore out. Okay. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect. What is that effect, guys, produced by alcohol? That effect is this. That effect comes into play before you even get to the liquor store to get it. When you're on your way to get whatever you need to make you feel, it's going to be okay. That's what that effect is. For those of you on the screen that's shaking your head, you know what I'm saying. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it's injurious, they cannot, after time, differentiate the true from the false. My own reality is no longer reality. My own thinking is of unavail, and I don't know the true from the false. And when you found, when we find you on this screen from Alcoholics Anonymous, we know that when we're seeing you. And if you're new on your screen, that's where you're living a full flight from reality of this. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. You know what the gut that means, guys. If I do this, I'll stop. But then you do that. And it goes down one more rung. Well, if I get like old Joe over there that had the car wreck, I'll stop. And then you wreck the car. If I lose my kids, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'll never drink in the morning in front of them. And then you do. And you want more rung. The alcoholic life becomes the only normal life that we know. And you know, why is that? Because I become restless and irritable and discontented. And unless I can sense the ease and comfort, what comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks I see others taking with impunity, restless, irritable, and discontent, um, restless, irritable, and discontent. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, let's see here. Where am I at? I've, I've done jumped all over the place. Restless, irritable, and discontent. Uh, let me let me give you a fair understanding of what restless, irritable, and discontent is. I got my stuff all messed up, guys. I apologize. Restless, irritable, and discontent. It shows up as all kinds of things. It shows up as I just can't feel right in my own skin. It means. I just, I just don't feel right. I mean, I don't know why I'm here. It shows up as anxiety attacks. It shows up as can't breathe. I, I, I don't, I, I, I can't, I don't know what I'm feeling. It shows up as just complete and utter, I can say a full-blown, less like 100% tons of anxiety and a pressure on my chest. I'm restless. Nothing is, nothing is okay in my life. Nothing is working. I'm, I'm irritable. The things that once made me happy no longer do. I'm snapping at my wife. I'm snapping at my employer. I'm I'm just the the, the neighbor's dog that, that I just love is now barking over there. And I'm like, why is that stupid dog barking? Why is that? Why? 
why don't they put the stupid dog in the house? The, the dog I was just playing with in the backyard days earlier when I had a few drinks in me, right? And I'm discontented. You know, and, and but but you know, this is a this this isn't this is stone cold physically sober, this doctor's opinion right here. This is where I'm at in untreated alcoholism. I'm discontented. I noticed that that guy that I hired at work is getting 50, 50 cents more an hour than I am. And he does half the freaking work that I do. This is ridiculous. But two days before that, I was perfectly fine. But I found out through the scuttlebutt and the gossip that I was pertaining in at work that that guy's making 50 more cents than me. And I'm not going to put up with it. I'm tired of it. And I'm not, they're not treating me right. And I'm the best employee here. And I can't take it anymore. So, and then what happens is I succumb to that desire again because it's just not right because I can't remember the horror of a day, a week, or a month ago, right? So I go back to that store and after work, I'm just saying, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to go have a couple of drinks tonight and I'll just have a few and then I'll get this together tomorrow. I go down there. I'm perfectly fine now. I go get what I need. I put it in my body and all of a sudden ah, happens. And then that first drink incurs because I'm powerless over it. I have nothing between me and that next drink. And then, and then it sets that terrible cycle in motion once again. And that motion, those, those cycles get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer together until I'm an everyday daily drinker and I get up every morning and my head madly searches for a bottle. And I live that hell on earth and I know what it is. So if you're on the screen and you're living that life, I know there's a way out and hope is found here. I know it is a disparate. And this isn't a game. And I'm not here to scare you because there is no chapter in this book called In to Scare. But there is one's called there is a solution and there is a way out that which we all can absolutely agree. And I'm sorry, I'm getting off somewhere else. But uh, OK. All right. So it's the first if, this, if it's the first drink that gets me every single time. I am uh, irritable, restless and discontent. I do this over and over and my periods go closer and closer to closer and closer and closer until I'm an everyday, all day whatever I need or kind of guy. I got a, I got a coin on the front of my big book cover. I'd like to show you guys. And I, I, I would say, I love showing it to groups like this because you appreciate it. If you can see it, it says 10 minutes. I've got almost 14 years of continuous sobriety. I carry a 10 minute coin on my book cover because before I found this and before I started understanding this and before another recovered alcoholic explained this to me and one alcoholic working with another, I could not get sufficient recovery. And before I found that book, I couldn't draw a sober breath for 10 minutes. And that's my experience. It may not be yours. And that, and that doesn't mean you, that, you're not a, that you're not an alcoholic if that's not your situation, but that was mine. So, uh, all right, rabbit hole, let's move. Okay, well, restless, irritable, and discontented. So let's turn over to page 39 real quick, guys. Um, we're going to jump, jump over to page 39. Um, and this is very, very important. And it's very, very important to my home group because, I, and I tell you right now, I disclosed to you as transparency that my ego was involved this morning when I was starting to panic over this talk because I want to read this to you. But the alcohol, actual alcohol and potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be abundantly able to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. This is a point we wish to emphasize and re-emphasize to smash upon our alcoholic readers as has been revealed to us out of our bitter experience. You see, I can know all of this. I can conceptualize all of this. But until I bring that first step, I'm powerless over alcohol into my heart, and concede to my innermost self that I'm an alcoholic, it never works. I have had many, many men that's had experience with this book and walked away from it. 
and can tell you what page every single thing is on. Can tell you all about the disease concept, but can't get 24 hours sober. Very, very important. It's not about the knowledge, it's about the doing. Okay, off again. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Beyond human aid, let's go back to 24. Let's go back to 24. My favorite, one of my favorite pages in the book, page 24. Um, let's see where we at beyond him. When this, when this sort of thinking is fully established in an alcoholic uh, individual with alcoholic tendencies, he's probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. I'm going to read the rest of it, but for the grace of God, there would be thousands of more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but many cannot. Um, that is, all right, we'll keep going. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching level of our pride to confession of our shortcoming, which this process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life had we been living it. So when therefore we are approached by those to whom the problem had been solved, there's nothing left for us to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools that are laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and being rocketed in the fourth dimension of existence of which we'd ever known. And my gracious guys, that's an experience that I would, I would give to anybody. If I could package it in a bottle, I would do it for you and give it to you. If you're on the screen, that's a real experience. And I'm telling you, that's where this will bring you. Um, so if, if, if there's no sufficient if fear and consequences and none of that will keep me sober, um, and I can't stay sober on my own power. Uh, I'm not here to convince you that you have a problem. What I'm here to convince you is that we have an answer. Um, alcoholism is a self-diagnosed disease. And I can tell you from my experience that alcoholism is a rapacious creditor. And if you don't think that, um, continue down the path that you're on. And you'll come to that, I pray for you very, very soon. And when you do, I pray that you come back to the primary purpose group of Webster, New York, because I know there's people on this screen that understands that and will help you way out off of that. So, so no consequences, losing kids won't keep me sober, wrecking cars won't keep me sober, going to jail won't keep me sober, lawyers won't keep me sober, wives won't keep me sober, new cars, new houses won't keep me, none of that keeps me sober. So what do we do? What do we have here? We have a spiritual answer. Alcoholics Anonymous offers one thing, hear me, one thing a spiritual answer to the spiritual disease of alcoholism. That's it. We have a lot of fun in the meantime, but there is a spiritual answer when that's found through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. The job of a sponsor is to carry you through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous to allow you to find that experience. So what does that mean? Let's turn to page 44. On this and we agnostics, the first 44 pages, doctor's opinion, and some I'll say the, the forwards will allow you to find the first step of Alcoholics Anonymous. But for all intents and purposes, up to the first 44 pages. There's uh, with the preceding chapters, we hope that you've learned something on alcoholism. We hope that you made a clear distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. So here's the question. If when you want, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely. Yep, can't do that. 
Or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, yep, you're probably an alcoholic. If that be the case, a spiritual experience will conquer. Only. And you may. Um, like I said, that's a journey on your own. I've got a good idea that if you're on this screen, that's the case for you. But again, that's a journey that you're going to find out. Um, those are the two questions to discern turn whether or not you're a real alcoholic or not. Those are two. Whether that 10%, all that stuff in the doctor's opinion, all that coupled with those questions right there. So um, let's turn, let's look at page, uh, let's see here, 44. Let's, let's look at uh, lack of power. What does that look like? Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. If you're new, think about your experience. How much living are you doing? I needed power that we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Again, squiggly lines. It's one of the shortest, if not the shortest, sentence in the big book, obviously. But where and how are we to find this power? Listen to this promise. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Think of that. Does this say it'll solve some of your problem? May solve a little bit of this problem, not that it will solve your problem. Think of the hope there. And we have this. And that's what this book is about. If lack of power is your dilemma with power, there is no dilemma. So how are we going to get somebody to this power? What are we going to do? That means to you, of course, we're going to talk to you about that big G-O-D word, God. That means your own conception of God, the power um, or higher power or great spirit or spirit of the universe or however you want to dress it up. So if lack of power is how do we hook up with this power? Not how do we stay sober, but how do we hook up with the power? How do we get to that power? Um, let's go clear back to um, XIII, 1013, XIII, 13, 13, 13. I think I, I didn't even catch this one. XIII, clear back. I think that's clear back in the front, front, front. <clears throat> Four to the first edition. Listen to this. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show others precisely how we recovered is the main purpose of this book. To, to show others precisely how we recovered, to show how we get to this power is the main purpose of this book. Um, so uh, let's turn to page 60. I mean, this is the how and the why of it. This is why we study this book. This is the clear cut. This book is the clear cut instructions to getting to that power. This is what this group does every week. And that's what's so important in that first uh, forward to the first edition. Let's turn to page 60 real quick because I'm looking at the time here and I'm starting to get a little long in the tooth. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Having had a, a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So um, that's what I would just explain to you about what the 12 steps are, do, are doing is to enable us to get to that power, to have that spiritual awakening, to bring us over to that point through the 12 steps. So we're going to turn back.
to page uh, 46. And I asked Mario, I'm back on track. Let's go back to page 46. Let's talk about that power real quick. Middle of the page, down second full paragraph. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider, consider, listen to that. We don't even need to consider another's conception of God here in Alcoholics Anonymous. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make an approach and to make contact with him. Um, I want to jump to the bottom of the page. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive, or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. We believe it's open to all men. And that concept, if you're on the screen, 50% of our alcoholic members were agnostic. 50% of them were Christians. On this screen today, if you're, if we're trying to get to that power, address to whatever you want to believe, believe whatever you want to believe, as long as the power does belief to you, it's open, we believe, to all men. This door is so big, you could drive a Mack truck through it. You know, it's, it's a it's a full blown uh, uh, recognition. Every time I get on the screen, I see God. The closest I'm ever going to come to the God of my understanding is right here, right now with you. And if you're new on the screen, I think you understand maybe by the time I get done that there's a power here. And if you can't believe. And I hope by God, by the time I get done, you understand that, because I want to jump out in a rabbit hole and ex explain this just a little bit further, because that's not where we we're supposed to go. But I want to go there because I about to do this with everybody on top of 47. When therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. And this applies too to other spiritual expressions, which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms to deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. For me, God is God is God. If I say that, God, if it offends you, I'm so sorry. But I tell you what, there's a step for that and a process for that. We will get there. When you hear it, when you're in Alcoholics Anonymous and you hear that term, it's your own conception. Dress them however you want. But I can tell you what, it's it's indescribably wonderful. And I'm going off on a tangent here. So it's our own conception of, of, our, of our God. And much to our relief, um, that's all we need to have to make this conception of, of that God. So. So we're going to go over to step two and look at this really quick. And I'm going to rewind this thing down because I got five minutes. We need to ask ourselves, but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there's a power greater than, than myself? And as soon as you can say that, baby, you're on your way. And if you're on a screen today, I think you can say that. I think you can say that today. You know, I believed in the great spirit of the bottle of booze, and so did the founders. That was my solution. There is a sufficient power and spirit found here in Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's found through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And nobody's here trying to sell you anything. Nobody's here trying to tell you to stop drinking. That's a decision on your own. But if you want to, and you can find you cannot quit entirely, we know we have a power here that we can gain access to, that we can live and have a life that is indescribably wonderful, dude. I mean, indescribably wonderful. I tell my wife all the time, who's a wonderful member of Alcoholics Anonymous, my God, even when it's bad, it's good. Okay, so I'm gonna jump through a couple real big hoops here because I've got just a few minutes and I'm sorry for being so long-winded. Um, there's a, We are in a three-part program, recovery, get a sponsor. What is a sponsor? I told you earlier, a sponsor's job is to drag, drag, to take you through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, 
Bill Wilson says our chief responsibility to a newcomer is an adequate present presentation of the program. He said that in 1942, and I carry that sticker in the front of my book to remind me that's what I am. That's why I show up with a shirt, a tie, and try to be the best member of Alcoholics Anonymous I can be. Get a sponsor, recovery, 12 steps, unity, go to meetings, get a home group. Get in here and get, if you don't have a home group, you're homeless. You don't have to be homeless anymore. Jump in here, get with Eugene and the gang and make this your home group. You may never have to drink again if that's the case. Get a home group, uh, unity, 12 traditions, service, carry this message, work with others, carrying this message for me. I'm here today, absolutely 100% for you. But when I get to come here, my spirit gets so filled and I get to do 12 step work and I get to stay sober and sound mind one more day on this earth. I can't tell you what that means to me. I can't tell you what an honor and a privilege it is to come to any group of Alcoholics Anonymous and share the good news that you don't ever have to live that way again, whether you have three minutes, three days, or 30 years and you're miserable. Because that irritable, restless, and discontent can show up on, on me at 13 years and on Eugene at 32. But that gets a little closer because I've gained access to that power and we get to know how to get back out from under and we follow through with these directions. Um, uh, two minutes. This doesn't cost you anything. There's no obligations. There's no dues to pay, no fees to pay, no access to grind, no lectures to be endured. Doesn't cost you anything to be here. You'll be helping us way more than you're helping you. And all we have to do, and all we have to ask is that after you have you this experience with this, after you have this experience, you then in turn carry it to others. On page 84 of this book, I want to hit it really, really fast. It says, then we cease fighting anything and anyone even alcohol, for by this time, sanity has returned. We'll sell to be answered in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it like a hot flame. We act sanely and normally, and we'll find that this has happened automatically. We'll see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes, and that's my experience, and that will be your experience. It just comes by taking these 12 steps with a sponsor. If you'll do this, you can have the freedom that I've described to you. If you'll do this, you can know a life of your own that is beyond anything you could ever, ever imagine. All the things that you think that you think you need to be happy that will make you happy and usefully whole will be small because if you're new, you haven't seen a thing yet. Hold on. Get a sponsor, that guy that or gal that's annoying, that carries that book that's always happy. Ask them, will you help me? And when you ask them, will you help me? I guarantee you if they're a recovered alcoholic, they'll say, oh, absolutely, man. When can we get started? And when you do that, you're going to be on a rocket ride of existence of which you didn't even know was humanly possible. And that's my experience. My name is Ryan Corva. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. Pleasant Valley Group, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's been an honor and an absolute privilege to spend just a snigger of my day with you. And I'm so much better for it. I love you and I pass.